Hello, welcome to Podcasters of Sex, an unofficial podcast about the Showtime original series, Masters of Sex. I'm Sarah Carlson, TV editor emeritus for Pajaba.com. Joining me is Mallory Andrews, columnist for Movie Mezzanine and submissions editor for Clio Journal. Hello, Mallory. Hi, Sarah. Each week we discuss the latest episode of Masters of Sex. This week we're covering Season 4, Episodes 6 and 7, Family Only, and Into Me, You See. Uh, you can find past episodes of all of Season 2, Season 3, and this first half of Season 4 on iTunes and SoundCloud. Tweet us your thoughts at, at Podcasters of Sex. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, yes, we've kind of we had to shift formats. We were doing a couple episodes where it's every other week, two two episodes at a time, just because of our our, our super busy personal schedules, our lives, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we are here. We are, we are dedicated, and we're so into it because I think this season's been really good. This season, I have enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I am in it for till the end. Yes. In it to the end. This season, so we're just going to talk about um, these two episodes just pretty much together. We're going to go from, like, character to character. Um, we're just, like, fortuitously, they sort of work together. They do. Like, they yeah. do. They've been, this has been pretty, I think this has been pretty tight plotting a lot mm-hmm. where it is, it's all fairly tied together. And I mean, we've talked about in the past, it's, in some it's ways, it's moving really fast. Like, St. Louis is the smallest town in the world, but it is they're, they're, they had to get over all the mistakes of last season and plow forward, and I think they've done a good job. Um, and so let's start. We'll start with the saddest. <laughs> let's get the saddest out of the way, which would yeah. be Betty and Helen and their child. Um, no, oh, yeah, <laughs> this was for from episode six, family only. Where, you know, they previously we saw that Helen told her parents about who she is and that she's having, she's in a relationship. And I think you and I were optimistic saying, well, maybe yeah. they'll come around. Maybe they'll come back. And they were just in But shock. of course not, because that's not dramatic. Of course not. And that's just, turns out her, she, her parents are, are the worst. And mm. when, Helen goes into labor. Betty calls them. They don't show up. And Helen has problems. They hint at it from uh, from the beginning where Betty's saying, oh, she was worried about a lot of blood. Um, and she had a headache all day. She had a headache. She felt lightheaded. And they were just like, oh, that, that those symptoms can be normal. And then it turns out she... They didn't know that they were in a TV show. They did not know. They did not know that they were, like, completely giving things away. They were showing their hand. Um, so she gives birth, and the baby was healthy. The baby was a little girl. But Helen mm-hmm. does not make it. And her last words are asking for her mother. And that is very sad. Mm-hmm. And Betty uh, is there with her. And it's a champ. And then when she goes to see the baby in the nursery, she sees Helen's parents there swooping in and taking custody because mm-hmm. Betty doesn't have any legal rights. Right. And it's terrible. It's so sad. It is terrible. Um, for a lot of reasons, both in a show and outside of the show, um, by which I mean the 
sort of ongoing trend of killing off gay characters on television and movies. Mm, yes, that's a good As point. a way of, like, drumming up drama by, you know, killing off the ex- quote-unquote expendable cast members. That's true. There's, what have been the recent ones? I know there was, which show was it? There was one show where people were so mad. It was very, it was like a genre show recently. Um, uh, was it was The 100 it? or, oh, what was it? But there, I know there was one recently where they killed off a lesbian character and everyone was so upset. It happens, it happens a lot. It does, it does. I'm, um, uh, one of my They kill co- off, um, oh wait, maybe this is a spoiler. There are queer characters on Buffy that get killed off. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and if you actually, there are several websites that have done a hu- a big collection yeah. of that, and it's pretty overwhelming when it's and it's characters. It's like you didn't need to kill them; like they were fine. Like, like, how did that? Was that really necessary? No, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I don't think so. You know, obviously, we're seeing we're seeing Betty going down this battle where she's gonna, I think, fight for custody and. And it's also, of course, tied in, which we'll get to, where they they really are looking at more at um, gay stories again, mm-hmm. and as they segue into this as the center where they are studying homosexuality, and so that that matters, and that's that's good, and they're showing you know all the different the drama of that, because things like that can still happen with mm-hmm. you know up until recently where people you know couldn't be married. I was reading a story today. Uh, what was it in this this old man in the West Village, where he he lived with his partner in this uh, brownstone, this row house for like fifty five years, and the partner left it to him in his will, but he only had one witness, not two, but you need two for New York, and they weren't married because by the time it was legal, they were both like eighty eight, or and the other guy was mm-hmm. sick. It was too much of an effort. So now the deceased man's uh relatives are being jerks and swooping in and trying to take it because it's worth millions of dollars. Right. And and the old man's like, um, but he, what? And so it's just sad. It, you know, he had because he has no rights. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, it's... So, I mean, so things like this where they're showing and it's... It, you see, like, what it was like then and then you can think about what it's like now. But you are yeah. right. It's... Was it necessary to kill her? I didn't see it coming until they they do the little hints. But I, before oh, this as soon as episode, it was like there was a lot of blood, I was like, "Oh man, man come on!" Oh, I know. But before this episode, I, I would not have guessed they would have killed Holinoff because no. she she's such a she was such a minor character. What's what's the point? Yeah, like unless it was like a matter of, and even then, like if it was a matter of Sarah Silverman's like um, availability, but even then, just don't write any Helen scenes. Yeah. Because she's, they've been together for a while, and then she would just pop up randomly. Yeah. yeah. So that that's that's fair. That's I, I'm sad about it. <laughs> it's just so sad. And so, and, like, but I wonder if this is not a way just to get Helen out of the out of the way, so Betty can have more of her role in the um, homosexual study. Maybe. Because they've already sort of, like, shifted most of her, like, um, office administration job mm-hmm. to, to Guy. Gee. Yeah. To Guy. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's it. Though this also brought back Austin, your favorite. 
your favorite. Uh, <laughs> which, like, as usual, it was just, like, a wet blanket. Like, okay, the, the way this scene was written where they're in the lawyer's office, and, like, why does everybody use the same lawyer, number one? I know he's <laughs> next door. I know he's right next door, but still. It's a small, small town. Yeah. Very small. Um, but it's just, like, they didn't, ex- like, Betty didn't explain the plan to Austin before they had that meeting. Nah. <laughs> they're just like what did she even say to get him to show up like come to this come to this meeting <laughs> hey come see a lawyer just for fun comes real quick just for fun it was like yeah you're gonna like uh um claim custody on um on helen's child but by the way helen died come to this yeah, meeting we're gonna get and he married. was like completely clueless about why like what the plan was i mean it's not He's a bad like, plan it's not a bad plan but it was like just he was like i can't why am I asking right. for custody? I'm in no position to raise a child. It's like, Austin, are you slow? Oh, like Austin, Austin. Austin. You're supposed to be a doctor. Yeah, but he's always, oh, he's just, well, now he runs this, he still runs a strip joint. Yeah. You know, he was in, like, a leisure suit. And you're like, okay. Okay, looking good. Yeah, so, I mean, and then we, of course, it ends in the, lot, the later episode where the, Helen's mom shows up. And confronts Betty, you know, like, what are you doing? But is still a jerk about it. Man, she's ice cold. For a second, you think she's like, oh, maybe Betty's getting to her, and then she's such a bitch. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So. And I, I think she's also just in pain, though. True. True. Like, it's not only she lost her daughter, but, like, there was a whole side of her daughter's life she had no idea. And that's what she's saying. She's like, I didn't really yeah. know her. and right. And so there's a mix of... Maybe, you know, internal, like, would I, would we have gotten along or, you know, what, what made her feel she needed to hide this from me? Oh, I wonder why, you know, that's true. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess we can cut her some slack, I guess. But. And also, I do think, she, like, you know, however wrongheaded it is, I do think she does believe she's acting in the best interest of her grandchild. True, because she's... Because she's done this before, she's been a parent, yeah. it's, she has what she considers a much more stable life than a single mom, and mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, you could make that argument, especially this is the late 60s, and so it's not, we haven't seen, there hasn't been a culture of single parenting, you know, like back then it was just, every, that was still much more taboo. And, yeah. Yeah. And what we do see of single parenting is like Virginia style where it's like, does she even have kids? Right. Where does she have a baby? Where she's like, yeah, she has a, she still has a baby. <laughs> and it's just, they just wrote them off. It was like, eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> no one, because I'm actually glad we don't see the kids because they were really annoying. So now yeah, all of I them know. are they very neglecting like, parents. They're all horrible Yeah. Parents. Yeah. <laughs> like Libby was out like at a nudist camp. I was like, oh, I can stay the night. It's like, where are your children? <laughs> yeah, like they're not, like they're clearly not with Bill because you never want to leave them with Bill. <laughs> so there's no telling where those kids were. It's best off to ask questions when it comes just to like, the, they're just like, eh, nah, right. Kids, kids ruin everything. Kids do ruin everything. I just had my uh, reunion at, at from college and it was me and like a bunch of babies all my friends were back with babies and then me and a oh couple friends who didn't have babies and we were like yeah it's great <laughs> i'm gonna sleep tomorrow because i doesn't, can <laughs> it's awesome. doesn't everybody look like 15 years older who has a baby that's super mean we have like we probably have like parents out there listening to us who are probably. like probably you guys it's complete if you guys want to have kids go for it man 
do it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not anti-breeders. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they're really cute. They're The babies are cute when they're quiet. And I got to hold them. I was like, oh, you're cute. And then I gave them back. And then I went home and took a nap, and it was awesome. Anyways. Yeah, that's the best part about other people's babies, that you can hand get them back. back. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's best not to think too much about their kids, because they've just... The writers have stopped caring about trying to portray an actual lifestyle. That makes sense. Um, but let's, let's so back to every, a lot of things where they're pivoting. So we got Barton back. Yay! Hooray! I was very excited to see Barton. And Barton seeming to be cool or like more comfortable with who he is, finally. Yes. Which is nice. Very nice. And to the point where he's willing to fight for that sort of peace of mind for other people. Yes. Because we've got Bob Drag, the little brown guy, who we talked about past when Virginia was in New York. His bosses thought he was gay, and so he was trying to prove that he wasn't by being weird and douchey and all that. Um, but now he finds out he's, in, he's engaged, and he's trying to claim he has impotency. He is very much mm-hmm. in denial of who he is. And so Guy is worried they're doing con- conversion therapy on him. And so Barton is kind of sits in on the when what's-his-face um, Art does a second intake mm-hmm. with Bob. And Barton comes in and listens and then comes um, comes in swinging with Bill, which is good because this is very the the show we've talked about this before has shift is shifting from what the real Masters and Johnson did somewhat, where they did do a big study, they did do a mm-hmm. big study on homosexuality, and they had already started in the earlier in the sixties when they had started um, monitoring couples as well, and then their big study is released mm-hmm. in nineteen seventy nine. But their findings, I, th- I think, like especially personally, I don't know how much we have on the record of what their personal feelings were, but I think the show is is going much more, uh, making them more modern, where yeah, is more progressive more and pro- more open minded, and they've like they've impl- explicitly implanted, um, you know, friends, colleagues who are gay, and that they have formed relationships with, and that have helped form help change their views mm-hmm. and so where they are uh they are caring and, and sympathetic and they care about betty they care about barton and it, you know and so, they care about gee yeah yeah and so and they're they're totally fine with it and so and, and and that's nice because i just don't think it would have to, it would ha- that would have to be like practically a separate show yeah it this was just is sort of not the show we've been watching if they go with uh the the sort the um the sort of conversion right I mean not conversion therapy but like um they're sort of findings that uh, homosexuality is a learned behavior or that all sexuality is learned right so we're what their mm-hmm. thing was right um so I was looking through I found this old uh, Time magazine article where it was talking about the book coming forward and um. And they were do saying that they were kind of talking about them when they, the, between 68 and 77, they treated, um, 151 homosexuals, including 54 men and 13 women who wanted to convert or revert to heterosexuality. They didn't have a success rate for that, only an only failure rate 
Failure rate is at 35%, not expected to exceed 45. But that means, so it's a surprising statistic because it means that a permanent or at least long-term switch to heterosexuality would be possible. And but also, it, like, that stat doesn't really, like, they don't really account for bisexuality. And that's one... Very that, much, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, how, um, the, their bisexuality, is they call them ambisexuals. <laughs> and here in this Time magazine, it says, the ambisexuals seemed well-adjusted. They had no psychiatric <laughs> or work problems, but were detached and lonely and fantasized very little. Like, what? What? So, yeah, it's kind of, that, that there is very Speaking weird. as an ambisexual, <laughs> that so is weird. not true. It's so weird. When I was like, did you just pick really depressed ones? It's also hard, because especially then, if you think of like, it'd be interesting to do a study now, because if you're picking people back then who were so much more repressed and are conditioned, not that that is, it doesn't happen now, but where it's so much more conditioned to think you're wrong and to hate yourself. You know, you yeah. don't have any, you know, role, gay role models in the media to look up to, et cetera, or you can't be yourself. And so I wonder, I'd have to assume that the results would be skewed by that. And where, even, like, not just, like, self-loathing, but just, like, maybe not having the language or the um, social know-how to, like, understand those feelings that you have and not yeah. even know to name them, mm-hmm. like, homosexual or bisexual or whatnot. Like, even that happened to me, like, because... I was attracted to men. I just sort of was like, okay, I'm definitely straight because I'm attracted to men, even though I did have attraction to women. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, like when I growing up, like there wasn't. I mean, there's still a lot of right. confusion around bisexuality now. But like back, like in the early to late '90s, when I was sort mm-hmm. of you know developing crushes on boys and things like that, like I didn't know what to do with those feelings. Right. So I just so I just was like, okay, that doesn't really mean anything because I like I have crushes on boys, so it's fine. Right, yeah. So, and then you're just like, oh, so that's that must be it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not gay. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, then once you know, years later, I was like, oh, wait, okay, I was bisexual all along. I just didn't have like the language to apply to it because right. it's not something that people understand very much. And that's something I've seen recently with a lot of friends, um, with a lot of friends who are who are kind of coming out as bisexual. And it mm-hmm. took them very till much like in their twenties and thirties to be like, oh yeah. wait, I am. Like, and they where they finally now have been able to talk about it and like you said, learn the language and be able to really think and confront their desires and their attraction. Be like, oh, I really, yeah. I am like this. Yeah, I mean, and and it's hard because I know some of them. They're like, well, I'm married to a man, and so then people don't believe me. Right, you know, totally. Like, well, which you, is pick, like, you picked a side. It's like, no, that's okay. That's not how that works. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, um, yeah. it's it's like if somebody straight is married, a straight woman is married to a man, she's just suddenly no longer attracted to any other men ever. Right, which is ridiculous. Like, which is crazy. Right. I mean, it's just it's that's also not how it works. Flu- it's yeah. also fluid. Yeah, it's like you yeah. can't. It's like you can be you can be tra- you can be in love with more than one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's totally possible at the same time. You no, really like marriage is marriage is a binding contract, and you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Closes the door on a lot of things. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. The end. Yes. So, um, and it's interesting. I'm reading in the book Masters of Sex. Um, they went on Meet the Press in April 1979. And with the host, Bill Monroe, and it's pretty interesting. They kind of step in it. They didn't really have a good 
they had they had not planned this well, or they didn't really have a good um, stance. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what we believe this is what we're going to say. I mean, Jenny's basically implying that it's all learned, where its sexuality is learned, and so you know, because the host is like, well, aren't parents scared if they're gay? Does this, should they be worried, or does this mean that if their kids are gay, that they can they can change them? And mm-hmm. she kind of implies they almost can. Like, with behavior, like, Bill steps in. He says, we are not genetically determined to be homosexual, and we are not genetically determined to be heterosexual. We are born man and woman and sexual beings. We learn our sexual preferences and our orientations, be it homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, and not infrequently, we change voluntarily our sexual preference. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so they're very... Um, it, yeah, like this guy keeps calling him these people. Um, what's his name? Con? Or um, somebody else. Oh, medical writer is there and is like a, a Washington Post medical writer and is, and is asking them questions. Um, and it's kind of... It, they're just all kind of flustered. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And so, what's sort of like this brand new medical scientific knowledge suddenly butting up against like cultural predilections? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think there was just some confusion there as like how to reconcile the two. And I think for Masters and Johnson as well, real Masters and Johnson, right? And like so, I, they, mm-hmm, it yeah. sounds like they're like. Um, sort of culturally preconceived notions were sort of coloring their results. Yeah. And also and their sample size is really small. It is small. And I think they do point to that. And a lot of their sampling they did they did studying earlier in the sixties and then were did further research and were working on the book into the seventies. And so it's kind of weird. It's um, this Time magazine thing is pretty funny. <laughs> where it's just like his master's is saying, okay, he's saying the entire orgasmic experience is indistinguishable between heterosexuals and homosexuals. Indeed, researchers believe that their demonstration of nearly identical response vectors will gradually lead to more public acceptance of homosexuality. That judgment is questionable. For public opposition to homosexuality hardly depends on the notion that gays have different kinds of orgasms. Masters and Johnson are probably right, however, to suggest that one significant byproduct of their book will be better medical care for homosexuals who have been badly treated by doctors. And that's so sad and terrifying to think where it goes into mm-hmm. saying like many people, like men wouldn't be treated like doctors would refuse to give a rectal exam because they would be afraid of giving them causing arousal. And it's like, what? That's not oh and so you just think of how many how many people went untreated, how many people didn't mm-hmm. go to the doctor because they were just they didn't you know, want to go through that sort of othering process of a doctor not wanting to treat them yeah right so and i'm sure it still probably still happens today Mm -hmm. i'm sure it does yeah i'm sure it does and there's always something where obviously something mean like what's his face mike pence isn't he he's for conversion therapy correct yeah yeah so i mean there's still there's still quacks out there who believe it who think who think it's good 
And it's like they don't, they're not focusing on, I mean, maybe they're, maybe you can, some people can, like, try and convince themselves. I'm sure most everything's possible if you wanted to try to convince yourself and, like, hypnotize yourself that I'm this way and I'm, but it's like, and you can, I've seen that happen where you can try, you're gay, but you try and live straight and it's okay. Like you can do like it. It's like possible. You can have kids. Like it's possible. You yeah. It's, yeah. But it's like it's it's possible to do, but it doesn't mean it's yeah, healthy it for you it, yeah, physically exactly. or mentally or emotionally or yada yada. Exactly. So, I'm see, yeah, I'm yeah. seeing that happen. Somebody at a local church has had to step down, and he's like working on family issues. And it's like, yeah, it's because he's totally gay. <laughs> and it's like, can you just, so it, and it's so sad. It's like, you just be, you know, it, it, it's like it poisons everything. It's like, you know, yeah. you're, you're making it, you are, it's affecting that woman. It's affecting your children. It's affecting you. It's affecting everybody because you're trying to live a lie, you know, you're, it, and mm-hmm. it will, it will poison you and it, it will come back. You can only hold that charade for so long. And that, mm-hmm. and that's where, that's just what makes me so sad is when people are like, well, you can fix yourself. It's like, no, that's, no. There's nothing mm-hmm. to fix. There's nothing to fix. No. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm at least glad that, as that was a tangent, sorry. I'm at least <laughs> glad that, like, Barton came in and and Bill was like, you're right. No, we, we should be doing a study and, and gives it to Art. Art, do you want to lead this? And, and Bill was very, like, you're right. We should be treating them studying them the same way and no there will be no conversion therapy and so that was good to see because i think like we said it it would have to go be just a completely different show if they wanted to try and like actually delve into like study the mindset of the 60s and 70s and what it was like to be gay and all that so yeah and poor bob drag he uh (laughs) bless his heart he's Art has him at a three on the Kinsey scale. What do we? How much do we think that's true? Because I don't think he's. Telling oh, that's him. awfully generous yeah, in yeah, terms of like amount of straightness. Exactly. I don't think he's, and that's just according to like, oh, I had a, a sexual encounter as a teen, and then one recently. I was like, that's not all you've had, Bob Drag. No. We don't believe you. So he's, yeah, he's more like a six. So, um. But it's interesting. It's interesting they're bringing up the Kinsey stuff and kind of talking about it, but then also saying, well, that's not tested enough or, you know, it it is interesting, but we need more data. Yeah, so. they're sort of saying it's like it's more a psychological diagnosis than right. like a physiological one. So it's... Right. Yeah. Because that's really how they... Isn't that how they judge it where it's it's how many times, how many encounters you've had... Like how many times you've thought about having an encounter of whether yeah. it's heterosexual. So it's, it's along those lines, and then they're saying like, "Oh, okay, that puts you here." When it's not really studying how your your physical behavior, like mm-hmm. while you're having different sex with different people, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, speaking of art, the, um, getting to art and Nancy real quick. Art is still not being straight with Nancy. Nope. <laughs> um, and he 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 has the chance. Well, uh, Nancy confronts Virginia for like locking her out of the ladies' room because good job, Virginia. Um, and yeah, for, Virginia. Side note: Virginia acts totally crazy in these two episodes. Yeah, I can't like, just place manipulative, it. Exactly. Cra- like manipulative crazy. I think she's just flailing because she doesn't have 
Bill, or she can't seem yeah. to get what she wants out of Bill. So That's she's true. just sort of acting out. Yeah, it's it's a it's out of control. And she's just taking it out on Nancy. These like, the facial expressions she's making. She's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm so mad at you. Oh, yeah. You're so put upon, Nancy. Yeah. It's like, actually, you're being crazy. I wouldn't want to look you're, for you. <laughs> yeah. And it's and then, like, I think Virginia is being honest when she says it's not because she doesn't like Nancy. I think it's just because Nancy and Bill work together so well. And I think she thought what she had with Bill was yeah. special. That yeah. working relationship. So I think it's just... I think it's just professional jealousy, and it's sort sure. of manifesting in these, like, really unpleasant ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she, she gets- tries to stick the knife in bed, being like, well, like, you get along so well with the man I love? Well, you should hear about how well I get along with the man you love. Yeah, that was low. <laughs> that, that was, was really <laughs> awful. That was very bad. She's like, oh, yeah, we talked about how much you're hurting him. Because you're terrible. Well, you're breaking his heart. And I was like, oh, ah. So he, she gets Art to say... He confesses that, yes, no, we didn't sleep together. But then once Art and Nancy are alone, he lies and's like, oh, I had to, I had to lie in front of her. But I don't, I don't think Nancy's fully believing that. I think Nancy smells something's up. I don't know. I think she's like, I think she's sort of believing it because not believing it would bring up too many painful issues. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Just choosing to believe it or just choosing to leave it alone. Yeah, and so it's um I don't know. I need I need a, something to progress with that. I need something to progress with art, and Nancy, because this just felt there's a lot of dancing going around, and then especially with Bill and Virginia. So Virginia's trying to get back with Bill. He's hesitant just a little, and so they're playing games. She's like, "Oh, yeah. well, we should be a partner," and then they so he switches. She ends up having to work with Nancy. And so, um, it's there, it's kind of a cat and mouse in some ways. And I don't, I don't know how long that's going to last. I I need something to happen. It looks like they're setting up for things to happen by maybe bringing Dodie back in. Yeah, definitely. Um, the great Kelly O'Hara, um, Dodie from Topeka. She's the one (laughs) who, she's the one who broke his heart. And when he, and he went back to Libby back when they were young. And his side of the story is that he proposed in a letter while she was getting, like, with her gallbladder? She was getting appendicitis. Appendicitis. Yeah. Yeah. And then he picks her up in the hospital and she's cold and doesn't mention it. And then they never talk to each other again. That's so his side of the I have story. a theory about what happened. <laughs> What's your theory? Uh, she never got the letter. Dun dun dun. So why would she be acting cold and distant? So someone must well, have like lied to her or something. Or um he's reading it as cold and distant because she just didn't happen to say anything about the Yeah. Letter. True. I feel like whatever it is, it's gonna be like it's the product of some misunderstanding and it turns out they were super in love and would have gotten married if all things had turned out okay. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And because she's, so she's calling him and she's hiding because her, her husband now, he's just, I've, I don't know if abusive, it was weird. He obviously seems very controlling where she's Or, probably, I mean, just, or just, um. Protective? Uh, I, I think protective because he knows about Bill and like what happened. It like makes it sound like, like he was also Interested in her at the same time that Dodie and Bill were an item? Yeah, it makes it sound like he was the second choice as well. And he, yes. he's, he's like, I had to comfort her 
and that's been hard on him. So, so from his perspective, right, Bill coming back is like, are you serious? You broke her heart. I was there to mop up the tears. Do not screw things up now. And Bill's like, what? So, so there's something, I mean, I think that's fair that she didn't get the letter and maybe, and maybe there was somebody else, like her father didn't approve of Bill and said something and that's why she was just, I have no idea. But yeah, it seems like a misunderstanding that they're potentially reconnecting and, um, Dodie's husband, I assume, wants to hold on to her and then maybe this is stepping up to have Virginia try again though she's been trying she flat out told bill she was like i i i I made mistakes i realized that i had you right in front of me and you Mm -hmm. loved me unconditionally and he she says it to him and he bails because he's yeah he's treating it and he's associating it with one of the other cases where he when he's talking about it where he's treating it as like an addiction um, mm-hmm. and it's something he just, you just have to stop, but it, it's just not going to, it's not going to work though. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yep. Libby doing her thing, visits nudists with the lawyer. Um, they she, consummate their relationship. They do in a very dramatic way. Cause he at mm-hmm. first is timid and saying i actually like you let's go slower (laughs) she gets so mad she's like what (laughs) we're not getting married stop so she goes out she's been doing like the nice respectable thing her whole life and it didn't get her anywhere so now she's this new like more assertive person and that seems to not work and it's just it must be frustrating i'm sure she's like i can't win yeah. yeah. So I at least she went and walked around and then came back and and uh, they got together. So go Libby. Mm-hmm. And she proved. I think he liked it where because she stepped in and had feedback and and was constructive when it came to his case with the nudist and talked about her experience um, with the um, I'm completely drawing a blank on the group where she worked with those civil rights group. Yeah. Um, and talking about vouchers and stuff and so. And so that Mr. Lawyer was like, ooh, beauty and brains. <laughs> what do you know? Who knew? Yeah. What? So, yeah. Um, the, oh, and then they, we have all these, uh, all these sex therapy practices, Bill and Virginia have now started a trend. And so now there's a sex therapist on every corner um hawking similar tactics or just assumed tactics because they're so, they spell out so much in their books that now everyone thinks they can just yeah. read the books and parrot and parrot it all. Yeah. Um, but it's also, which is dangerous. And, and Jenny takes it really personally because she sees her dad at one of them. And yeah. that's when it really hits her of these are people, these are people who have long marriages. This, you know, if they're getting, mm-hmm. they're getting bad advice. This is, this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. Yeah, so definitely. it's putting them on the putting them on the track to starting to make things, trying to organize, um, starting to wait, work with regulations when it comes to their sex therapy that probably that didn't exist before. And so, yeah, yeah. And it looks like the next episode is we're going to be getting like a um, a look in on some more of these sort of like hippy dippy, mm-hmm. like sex therapy practices. Also, what like oh the name of the um. It's the name of the episode, like the Into Me You See. Into Me You See. You see. <laughs> uh, which is a joke stolen from Sex in the City. Is it? 
Yeah, it's the name of a um because uh when Samantha in the first season when she's dating that guy with a really small penis, she um uh she can't bring herself to tell him that he has a really small penis, so mm-hmm. he thinks they have relationship problems. So they go to see a sex therapist, and she's famous because she wrote a book called Into Me See. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten that. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Uh, was that, was Can you tell I've like, watched Sex in the City like dozens of times over <laughs> and over? It's okay. Was it Cameron Mannheim? Is that her name? The actress? Was- uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Cameron Mannheim. I really feel like, yeah, I think it was. Um, who played the hippy dippy into me, you see. Um, um, what to call it? Facilitator. She's, so it was good seeing her. This show always has the best guest actors. Oh, and side note, we didn't talk about Lester. Art finds Lester has, like, all these photographs of Jane having an affair or Jane, like, sleeping with another man. And he's been doing it for a really long time. And I liked Art's line to him where he's like, you're you're watching because you'd like to watch at this point. Mm -hmm. It's been long enough. Like, you already have proof. This is nothing about, oh, I'm gathering evidence. You're a watcher. You're a looker or something. That was very interesting. You know, we're in just kind of like, this is who you are. You're the person who sits and you sit back and watch and you watch movies and analyze them. You're not creating things. Right, right. Which is is true. So I'm just looking up Cameron Mannheim on IMDb. It was not her. I swear it was her. No, it's not listed on her IMDb page. No, but I'm looking at Twitter. Okay, I looked at Twitter and I think she tweeted it because I just Googled her name. Yes. So she tweeted, tune in tonight, October 23rd. Maybe it was uncredited. It might have been. Yeah, it's not on IMDb, but I swear that's her. All right. All right. I'll uh, I'll go with with the will of Twitter. The will of Twitter. Yeah. So So that was good. So um, we have a lot to expect. He's going to, next episode is titled Topeka. So... And that's where it ended, where he, um, Bill said, I'll take Topeka, where they're going to go and um, go and, I guess, examine or talk to all these other practices, these other faux sex therapists. And there's one in Topeka, so he's going that way. Mm-hmm. So he's going to talk to Dodie, and we will see if it's going to be a big fight. I haven't heard anything about whether they're, this, uh, this show has been renewed, because um, we've been thinking, we've been assuming this would be it. And so, yes, they might yeah, be building so, toward. We we have what three episodes left? We do. I think that's it's not a lot of time, but the way they've been going, there might be time to do a, a jump into the future. And oh, they're together. If if next week is if they're starting to make it more dramatic, where Jenny's coming back and he needs to choose, I guess it's possible. Maybe, although I read ahead, like, with the episode descriptions, Mm -hmm. and it seems not giving anything away. It does seem like each episode progresses fairly, like, closely in time after the other. Interesting. So it doesn't seem like there's much of a jump? Because we haven't really, we're not in the 70s yet. I don't think enough time has passed, no. I don't even know if we're in 69 yet. I don't think so. I think we're still, I think it's been still all pretty close together in 68. So, interesting. Okay. Well, if you have any theories, be sure to tweet us at, at podcasters of sex and we will talk about them. Um, do we have anything else to cover? I think that is about it. Yeah, I think 
it's most. Oh, we didn't talk about Louise and her husband. But oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, that was, that that's, was sad. That was that was sad. I'm just uh, be wondering how they're going to like sort of incorporate it with the last three episodes. Because it's sort of like it makes a suggestion like she falls off the wagon, oh, and yeah. how that affects like her relationship with Bill. Mm-hmm. Her, like, that was very sad. I was sad when she orders yes. when she asks for the bottle. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and that was interesting too. Where it's it's also it's coming at the angle of when you can, you get so hell bent on thinking of it as something. Oh, we can fix it. We can fix it. Look, look at the science. Look at the study, and you forget the. But there's still people. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. it's still humans with emotions. Yeah. It's it's more. It's it's such a mix. It's more than the anatomy. It's more than the physical responses where he's. It's it's upsetting to him where he's like, oh, I'm so mm-hmm. glad you're getting you're getting off, but I'm I'm dead down there, and this is torture for me. Yeah, and that was very sad. Um, where it's where she's kind of, and I think her intentions her intentions were good, but she was did really was pressuring him, you know, in terms of like, give it a shot, let's try it, and he's going yeah. along with it, but they weren't really being honest. That was very sad. Yeah, and I think it was like sort of. I think if she thought if they got back to their um, old way of having sex, it would go a long way to undoing, like, like undoing right. some of her guilt after what over what happened. But right. you know, as she finds out, it there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that that was good. I'm glad. It, and also, just side note, it was it was good seeing just black characters again yes. <laughs> on the show. I was like, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And so finally, where it's just like, hey, black characters, people of color, and then yay, gay characters, yay. So it was because <laughs> sometimes it could be kind of um, a little a little much to take. So so that was good. Yeah. Sad, but also just good to see her. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap for episode yes. 67. Yep. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about episodes 8 and 9, Topeka, and Night and Day. Until then, Mallory, where can you find your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me at moviemezzanine.com every other Friday. Uh, you can find me at Cleo Journal and also on Twitter at Mallory underscore Andrews. I forgot my Twitter handle for something there. <laughs> and you can find me occasionally on pajabit.com and on Twitter at Sarah K. Carl. Thanks to our producer, Corey Atad. Until next time. Bye. Any questions?